James 15, 16. The Bible says, Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, scripture's real simple. The Bible says the effectual uh, fervent prayer of, uh, of the righteous man availeth much. Uh, the word effectual means real simple, it's effective. It means it gets things done. It, it, it means it makes things happen. Now the word fervent means passionate. It means hot. The, the Bible's teaching real simple that passionate, heartfelt, red hot, Holy Ghost filled prayer gets the job done. It's real simple. That's hard to miss. That's pretty good, isn't it? <clears throat> Well, that's not what I want to preach on. I want to preach on the opposite if I can. You know, we, we hear a lot of teaching on prayer, Terry. We hear a lot, of, we hear a lot of, of teaching and preaching on how to pray and why we pray and when to pray. And we teach our people uh, that prayer is the key. Now, I believe all of that, don't you? Every bit of that is absolutely true, but I want to preach on the opposite side of that issue if I can. Here's what I want to preach on. Please hear me out before you tune me out. Here's my thought tonight. When prayer won't work. When prayer will not work. Are you aware of the fact that there are requirements in your King James Bible for prayer to work? The Bible teaches that there are conditions that have to be met before God will hear your prayer and answer your prayer. Hey, God's got some expectations out of His people before He'll answer their prayer. Too often we treat God like He's the genie in the bottle and we can just rub the bottle and He'll pop out and give us anything we want. But ladies and gentlemen, prayer is not about getting everything that you want. Uh, There's some things that you can do that will hinder God from answering your prayer. I just want to show you a couple places in the Bible. I want to show you three times according to the Bible. I'm going to preach out of the Bible. Don't, don't get nervous. It's okay. Michael, are you okay, son? You look very bored. Are you all right? I'm just teasing you. I get you every time and you're never expecting it. I'm going to preach out of the Bible. Is everybody okay? I want to show you three places in the Bible where prayer will not work. And now just stay with me. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Is everybody okay? Nobody's checking out on me yet. All right, number one. Flip over to James chapter number one. Let's look at verse six and seven. Here's what the Bible says. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave on the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. The Bible says to pray in faith. Nothing wavering. Do you know what the word waver means? It means to flicker. It gives the idea of, of the flame of a candle. It flickers. It, it means to become weaker. Here's what it means, real simple. A faith that doesn't waver, Terry, is a faith without reservation. It's a faith without uncertainty. It's a faith without doubt is what it is. An unwavering faith uh, doesn't have any doubt. Uh, so when's the first time that prayer won't work, preacher? Number one, it's when you're doubtful. Prayer won't work when you don't even really believe uh, that God can do or will do what you're asking Him to do. 
Hey, prayer and faith, ladies and gentlemen, they go hand in hand. Prayer and faith, uh, they, they go together. You can't have one without the other. You have to believe what you're praying. I mean, you're wasting your time to ask God for something and you don't really believe that He'll do it. Without faith, ladies and gentlemen, prayer, it's, it's just empty words. It's repetition. It's meaningless. There, 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 there's no point if there's no faith. It's like a... And I don't know anything about cars. If you ever come by my house and see my feet sticking out from underneath the car under the God called 911, something terrible has happened. I don't know anything about cars. But you could put it like this. You could say that prayer without faith is like a car without an engine. I know a car won't run without an engine. A car won't work without an engine. You, you, you could put it like this. It's like a stove with no flame. It's, 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 like a, it's like a printer without paper. It's like a book with no pages. It's like, it's like a toy without batteries for you, for you mom and daddies who have young kids. You know, you can't buy a toy now that don't run on batteries. None of that stuff will work without the other component. And that's how it is with prayer. A prayer without faith will not work. As a matter of fact, it's faith that makes prayer work. Faith is what makes prayer effective. Faith is what makes God listen and pay attention. It's faith. It's not about the eloquence of words. It's not about the length of the prayer. And bless God, preacher, I've known some preachers who could pray. I mean, you, I mean, you better pack a lunch if you call on to pray. Glenn Griffith come to mind. He's hard to get away from, by the way. You just, just about have to get up and walk away. Hey, just say, okay, I'm gone. And he's still talking while you're getting in the car. Yeah. It's not about the length. It's not about the eloquence of the words. Hey, and I know some people who can pray beautiful prayers. Now, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those, oh God, thou God, oh God, thou God, oh God. I'm not one of them. I, I can't use all those big, beautiful words. I, I just... It's, it's not my personality. But it's not about the eloquence of the words. It's not about the length. It's not about what you say and what you don't say. It's real simple. It's about the faith that's attached to the prayer. I'll tell you what Jesus said about it. Jesus said, Matthew 21, 22, And all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, comma, believing, comma, believing's the important part, ye shall receive. Jesus said you'll receive what you ask for if you believe when you ask for it. Now Jesus isn't saying that God will give in to your every whim. Somebody help me right there. But He is saying if you want to get God's attention, if you want to get God's ear, if you want God to listen, you've got to have faith when you pray. See, we make fun of these other religions because they pray to a dead man. Or they pray to some, some, some false god, some idol. And we, make, and we make fun of them. And we laugh at them. And we think they're crazy. But can I ask you a question? Which is worse? Praying in faith to a dead man or a false idol who can't do anything? Or praying to a god that is real and can do something and having no faith when you pray? Which one's worse? 
I, I mean, what about this? We laugh at the Catholics for going into a dark closet with a papa who dresses like a mama and confessing their deepest, darkest secrets. We make fun of that. We laugh, at, we laugh and, we make, and we make sport of that. Yet they have confidence in that. They really believe that that priest has the ability to absolve their sin. And yet we have access, ladies and gentlemen, to the great God of heaven, but we don't believe that God will do or can do anything that we ask Him for. Hey, we just about believe that God is out of business, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, don't let it offend you, but the Bible's pretty clear. If you pray and you don't believe God can, then your prayer is just as wasted as the heathen who's praying to the dead man or to the false god. You've wasted your time. I mean, that, that's just Bible. Uh, you just you wasted your time just the same as a heathen if you don't have confidence, if you don't have faith in what you just prayed. My problem, you help me on this. My problem's not always that God can. My problem usually is if God will. That's usually my problem. But here's the the problem with that, that way of thinking, Terry. It really doesn't matter if I believe God can if I don't believe God will. It's kind of like this. Doubt's kind of like this. You parents will appreciate this. If your child came to you every day and said, Mama, Daddy, do you love me? Yes, absolutely. You know I love you. Yes, I I love you. And they came back the next day. Mama, are you sure you love me? Daddy, are are, are you sure you love me? After a while, you'd start to get concerned, wouldn't you? You know why? Because that child's not taking you at your word. Your child is doubting what you've already said. Don't you wonder if that ain't how God feels sometimes when we have doubt and we have uncertainty and and we don't believe that God will or God can. Can I just tell you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that doubt will make a waste out of your prayers. Doubt will ruin your prayer life when you don't believe God. You can pray till you're blue in the face. I mean, you can scream, you can cry. And if you don't believe what you're praying, they're just empty words. Because there's no faith attached. Now listen, please don't misunderstand. I'm not insensitive to people who have doubt problems. Hey, we've all had doubt problems. We've all doubted God at one point in our life. I mean, does anybody want to say glory to God? I've never doubted anything in my whole life. There's a mud puddle I want to see you walk on after church. We all have doubts. We all have questions. But ladies and gentlemen, doubt is going to hinder you. Doubt's going to hurt you. Here's the, here's the problem right here in itself. Doubt's going to put God... God doesn't want this. God isn't pleased with this. But doubt's going to put you in a position where God will not hear your prayer. It's what the Bible says. Doubt's going to hinder you. It's going to make God turn a deaf ear to your prayer because of doubt. Hey, you've got to believe what you pray. I mean, just think about it on a common sense level. If I didn't believe it, why would I pray it? Somebody said one time, she said... I only like to take a thousand breaths a day and I don't like to waste none of them. 
If you're praying without faith, you're wasting your breath. Well, anyhow, doubt's going to hinder your prayer. God won't answer you. God won't, won't hear your prayer. Prayer won't work if you're praying in doubt. Number two, not only will prayer not work because of doubt, but second of all, I'll tell you another reason prayer won't work. It's because of disrespect. Disrespect. What in the world do you mean, preacher? Can I show you? Let me, let, let, let me show you something from the Bible real quickly. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. Real quickly. You, you, you're going to think I'm lying to you if you don't read it for yourself. 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 7. Here's what the Bible says. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Here's the important part. That your prayers be not hindered. Uh, the Bible's teaching in this verse, it's, it's saying that if you don't give honor to your spouse, if you're mean, if you don't treat your spouse with regard, if you're mean as a snake when you're at home, then your prayer is going to be hindered. Isn't that what your Bible just said? Isn't, isn't that what your King James Bible just said? It, it's sad, ladies and gentlemen, but it's true. The people that we love the most are the ones that can hurt us the most. Hey, I'm human. My wife's human. And I always want to be slow to criticize her. You want to know why? Because I want her to be slow to criticize me. And trust me, there's plenty to criticize. Listen, men, let me help you. You married men, listen. Before you criticize your wife, you ought to walk a mile in her shoes. That way if you do criticize her, you'll be a mile away and she'll be barefooted. Somebody say amen right there. Boy you, boy, you women really thought I was getting ready to say something, didn't you? I heard about a woman. <clears throat> she went to her preacher, Terry, and she said, Preacher, she said, my husband isn't satisfied with anything I do. He just gripes. He complains. He's never happy. I mean, he criticizes me from the time he wakes up uh, to the time he goes to bed. The He's never happy. I mean, he never has a kind word. It's just always negative, 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 negative. What can I do? And the preacher said, honey, I'll tell you what to do. She said, tomorrow morning get his breakfast order and fix him breakfast in bed. Fix it exactly how he wants it and carry it up to him. Let him have breakfast in bed. She said, okay, I'll do it. Preacher, if you think that'll help, that's what I'll do. So sure enough, the next day she got his breakfast order. He wanted a couple pieces of bacon. He wanted a couple pieces of toast. And he wanted one scrambled egg. And he wanted one egg over easy. So she went down there. She fixed it just exactly as he ordered it. Put it on the plate and carried it up to the bedroom. Set it down before him. And he said, my God. This is the biggest mess I've ever seen in my life. She said, now you just hold on just a minute. She said, "Uh, you've got your toast, you've got your bacon, you've got your one scrambled egg, you've got your one egg over easy. What's the problem? He said, you dummy, you scrambled the wrong egg. (laughs) But here's the problem. Hey, we, we can laugh about that, but some of us are just about that bad. Some of us are just as hard to please. And that's just a joke. But I'm going to tell you, reality sometimes is a whole lot worse than the things we make fun of. I mean, I mean, some people can't be satisfied. But we've got to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, how we deal with our family. Hey, our family's worthy of our courtesy. 
Our, our family is worthy of our kindness. They're, they're worthy of our care. But can I add something to that and say that it's not just your spouse? Can I just tell you that the Bible teaches that the way that you treat everybody else in your life can directly affect your prayer life? Now listen, y'all know me. Y'all know that if I harp on anything, it's about how y'all to treat other people with kindness. It's how about it. You know me. I harp on that. Y'all to be good to people. Y'all to be kind to people. I, I mean, uh, that's one thing that I, I, just, I can't get over. I'm sold on the fact, Terry, that y'all to just be good to people, man. I, I'm just sold on that. Y'all know that about me. But I was reading the other day, and, and something, I've read it before, but the other day it hit me right between the eyes. Are, are you aware of the fact that the way you treat other people can directly affect your communication with God Almighty? Are you you aware of that? Hey, I just read it to you. God said if you don't give honor to your spouse, then your prayer is going to be hindered. That's what we just read. You want some more scripture for that? What about this? Mark 11, 24 and 25, the Bible says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, watch this, here's the important part, forgive. If ye have ought against any, watch this, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. That's Jesus talking, by the way. That's the red letters, by the way. Jesus said that the way you treat people can hinder your communication with God. He said that the way you, that you treat other people can hinder your prayer life. So if you've got an old nasty, hateful... Bitter attitude, you've got bad feelings towards somebody, you've got hard feelings towards somebody, uh, then guess what? God's going to turn a deaf ear to your prayer. But we live in a time where everybody's out to get everybody else. We used to live in a, in a, in a, in a time where we lived by the golden rule, doing to others as you'd have them do unto you. But we live in a time now where it's doing to others before they do it to you. I mean, we, we, we live in a cutthroat society and it's hard not to get calloused and it's hard not to get careless towards other people. I mean, let's just be honest. We've all had some things said to us that we appreciate. Some things done. Bitterness isn't the answer. Anger isn't the answer. I mean, the Bible's pretty clear. Uh, The Bible says that if you want God to forgive you, then you've got to forgive other people. You've got to let that stuff go. As hard as it may be, ladies and gentlemen, you just got to let that stuff go. It doesn't matter. It's not worth cutting off your communication with God. It's not worth hindering your fellowship with God. It's not worth it. Who cares? I mean, really, at the end of the day, if you're the one that's sore and you're the one that's mad and you're the one that's not sleeping at night, it really doesn't matter who was right and who was wrong. You're still the loser. I, I just share something personal from my own experience. I, had to, I have to learn everything the hard way. Now, I know that y'all are real smart and y'all learn everything the easy way, but I have to learn everything the hard way. Terry, I got mad at a preacher friend one time. He, I, I felt like he had betrayed. So I won't get into a whole lot of details, but I felt betrayed. I was mad. 
I was hurt. So guess what I did? I wouldn't talk to him. Now he's trying to make it right. And I don't want to hear it. I wouldn't take his phone calls. I wouldn't answer the door when he came. And now you want to talk about having problems. Can I just tell you? I, it was, I was at a place in my life, Richard, where it was like God stopped. I mean, it was in my spiritual life, it was like God just slammed on the brakes. I, I mean, I'm talking about I couldn't pray for more than a few seconds. I couldn't get anything out of church when I went to church. I, I mean, I, I couldn't get anything out of the Bible when I read the Bible. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one? I mean, I just felt totally cut off. I, I mean, he's trying to get it right, and I'm ignoring him, and I won't talk to him, and I won't, and I won't fix it. I mean, and even our ministry, we had just started singing. I mean, we, we, we started to suffer. I mean, appointments were, appointments were canceled left and right, and the ones that didn't cancel, they was dead as 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, you want to talk about suffering. I had no idea. I was, I, I was a whole lot younger then, and I was a whole lot more stupid than I am now. And that's saying something, by the way. It's all right. It's all right. I know. It's okay. I had no idea that it was because I was carrying a grudge around in my heart. Something that nobody else knew about, by the way. I mean, I'm talking about God hadn't even spoke to my heart in two or three months. I mean, you want to talk about being cut off. You want to talk about being in a bad place. I mean, I was in a bad place. Totally, my fellowship totally cut off. I was sitting at the house by myself one day. And there was a knock at the door. I looked out the window and it was his car. I went to walk into the bedroom. I was going to ignore the door again. And this is what God said. I hadn't heard God speak to me in, 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 in about three, four months. And this is what he said. He said, you're not going to talk to him? I wasn't until you showed up. But anyway, to make a long story short, once that was fixed, once I made peace with that situation, hey, I was able to have fellowship with God again. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it to have the nasty attitude and to have the bitter feelings because I'm going to tell you, I was a miserable person for that time because I had something in my heart. But here's the problem, Terry, and you know it just as well as I do. It's hard to get somebody to repent of something that only them and God know about. You want to know why? Because I can't see it. The preacher can't see it. We can't see it. Your church family can't see it. Your spouse can't see it. And so it's awful hard to get you to repent of something that we can't see. But that thing that you're holding on, into, holding on to in your heart, that thing that nobody knows about you and God, it's going to cut off your fellowship with God is what it's going to do. And now, if I understand the Bible correctly, in order for me to be right with God, I have to be right with other people. Isn't that what your Bible teaches? You have to be right with your brothers and sisters. You have to be right with people in order to stay right with God. That means you can't be ugly. You can't be mean. You, you, you can't be vindictive to other people and still get a prayer through to heaven. It's impossible. The Bible teaches the exact opposite. The Bible teaches that if you want God to hear you, then you've got to go before Him with a clean heart and a clean conscience. Not hanging on to something petty. Not hanging on to something stupid. Not hanging on to some hurt feeling. Uh, not holding on to some kind of stupid 
grudge. I mean, you've got to go to God with a clean heart and a clean conscience. I say to you, prayer won't work because of disrespect, because of how you treat other people. Number three, real quickly, I'll tell you something else that will cause prayer not to work, and that's dirt. Dirt. What do you mean dirt? I mean sin. I mean being dirty. I mean being filthy because of sin. You want me to give you some scripture for that? Well, how about Isaiah 59 when God said that our iniquities had separated us from our God and that God would not what? He would not hear us. Why? Why wouldn't He hear us? Because of sin. Well, what are you going to do about David in the Psalms when he wrote uh, that if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I've just got something in my heart, time out. David wasn't talking about something that we would do. David's not talking about an act. David's not talking about something that was said. David was talking about something that was just in his heart. David said, if I've just got something in my heart, God's not going to hear me. I mean, what are you going to do with that? I'm talking about dirt. Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament tabernacle... You know that uh, uh, there was the brazen labor. It was out on the the outside. And on the inside was the altar of incense without going into a a big explanation of of the furniture in the tabernacle. If you know anything about the tabernacle, you've got to understand that the altar of incense is a picture of prayer. It's a picture of our prayers going up to heaven. But before you ever got into the praying place, before you ever got into the place... Uh, uh, that was a picture of, of the prayers going up to God's ear. Uh, the laver was just outside of there. And you could not bypass the laver and get to the praying place until you first visited the laver. You know what the laver was? It was the washing up place. It, it was the bathtub. That was the place of cleaning up. Do you know what that tells me? Before you can get inside and you can get a hold of God and God will hear you, you've got to get rid of the dirt. You say God isn't answering your prayer. Well, can I ask you a question? When's the last time you've done spiritual inventory? When's the last time you look for unrepented sin in your life? Hey, the Bible's real clear on it. Sin's going to hinder you. Sin will cause God to turn a deaf ear to your prayer. How about this? Proverbs 28, 9. The Bible says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. If you don't want to listen if you want to be stubborn, if you want to have your way, if you want to be a rebel, if you want to sin against God, then God isn't interested in hearing your prayer. Why should He? I mean, let's just talk common sense for a minute. Why should God be interested in hearing your prayer when you haven't done a thing that He said to do? I mean, I'm talking about if God said it, you went and did the exact opposite. I mean, you could care less about the law of God and you want to get out and be be just as worldly as you can be and you want God to be interested in your prayer, you've got to be joking me. I know a lot of people and they're lost. I, I mean, I'm talking about people who live like hell. And when something's happening or something's going on, guess what the first thing these lost people say? They'll say, I'm praying for you. Now you're going to find this hard to believe, but I've got some tact. I know that's hard. That's hard to believe. 
I've got some tact, and I'd never say this. But what I want to say is, hey, your prayer's not going to make it past the ceiling. God didn't hear a word of what you said. I appreciate the thought, but God didn't hear a word of what you said. Why? Because they're lost. Uh, And you know, you've got to be, I've got to be careful. I don't know about you, but I've got to be careful. I don't want dirt on me. I want to be able to pray when I need to. I mean, I don't want to have to worry about whether or not God is going to hear me because of sin in my life. Excuse me, what a good time to get hiccup. I want to do my dead level. This is where I want to live my life. This is, this, is where, this is where I want to be. I want to do my dead level best to try to keep myself clean. Uh, that's why when I know I've done wrong, I try to stop right then and deal with it and ask God to forgive me so I can move on with my life. Hey, I don't need something on me that I forgot to repent of. I don't need that. I need to, as soon as I know that I've done it, I need to get it right in that moment. I mean, I just believe y'all to be quick to repent. I don't think y'all to put it off till Sunday. I mean, man, I just think y'all to get it right. I just think, I just think y'all to get it put under the blood and get it out of your life. I just believe that. And move on with your life and, and do better next time. I just believe that. I don't need that on me. I'm just trying to tell you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that prayer won't work if you're dirty. It won't work if you've got sin in your life. Now here's the bottom line and I'm finished. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. But I need God to hear me. I, I don't know about you. But I want God to hear me when I pray. I want to live my life in such a way uh, that when I call on God, I'll know beyond the shadow of a doubt that He's going to hear me. I need that. I need that certainty in my life. Now that doesn't mean He's going to give me the answer that I want. That doesn't mean that He's going to give me every, every little whim that I, that I ask Him for. That's, that's not what that means. That just means He heard me. I want him to hear me. Now what he answers, what he says, that's at his discretion. But I need to know. I need the security of knowing. I need the certainty of knowing that God's going to hear me. I just need that. And you may not, but I do. I don't want to waste my time trying to get a hold of God because something's not right between him and me. I don't want to live my life there. But what about you? What about you tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Let's stand with our heads bowed real quickly. Here's my question and I'm done. What about you? Can we all be honest a minute and do some spiritual inventory? I I mean, let's just be honest tonight. There's nobody here but us. Terry, would you come uh, play a song for us? There's nobody here but us. Can we all just get honest for a minute? Can I ask you a question? Is everything how it should be between you and the Lord? Is there anything in your life that could possibly hinder God from hearing your prayer? Tonight's the time to fix it, ladies and gentlemen.
Now's the time to fix it. Now's the time to get it right. Now's the time to get it under the blood and get it fixed and get it right with God. Hey, maybe I preached to somebody tonight that needs God to deliver them from doubt. Maybe somebody needs to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe somebody here tonight needs to get something right with somebody else. Maybe somebody needs to let some bitterness go. Maybe somebody needs to let a grudge go. Maybe somebody needs to confess their sin. Uh, Maybe somebody needs to get the dirt out of their life. Hey, you'll do that. Is everybody listening? You'll do just that if you want God to hear you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you tonight that sometimes prayer will not work. And it's not God's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. It's your fault. I don't know about you. But I want to be heard of God. I want to live my life in such a way that anytime I need it, I have an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What about you? What about you? Where's your life at? You say, oh, God's not been answering my prayer. Maybe you need to do spiritual inventory. Maybe you need to check up. Maybe you need to see where your life's at. Maybe you need to see about your doubt problem. Maybe you need to see about your disrespect problem. Maybe you need to see about your dirt problem. Because trust me, if anybody's moved, if anybody's got out of the way, it's not God, ladies and gentlemen, it's you. I'm talking about prayer that won't work. Father, I pray for these, my friends, that are on these altars. God, I pray, Lord, whatever their need is, uh, whatever their situation is, God, I pray that you'll work and that you'll move in every situation, every petition that's brought to you here tonight. God, I pray that you'd help. Lord, we need you. we need to hear from you. And we need you to hear from us. God, help us. Lord, take anything out of the way that's hindering our relationship. Lord, we need fellowship with you, God. God, just help us. Lord, you know we're frail. You know we're weak. You know we're flesh. You know we're human. And God, just help us to keep all that other junk out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all stay as long as you need to. Play something. Sing if you want to, buddy.